Hello, hola, buenas, ¿cómo están todos? It's the Chancleta Generation Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Clemencia, and besides doing this magnificent podcast, I own Moira Studio, which is an advertising agency that speaks to Latinos in the U.S. I'm Cecilia del Cid, environmental and social justice practitioner, an American immigrant from Guatemala, uh, community weaver, doing this amazing podcast with my co Clem, a little bit of a cough, so that's what I'm muted, so you all can't go hear me cough when Clemencia makes me laugh. <laughs> Which is often. Yes, you do. Um, and so, as you guys know, we're here because we want to uplift uh, the voices of Hispanic people in the U.S. through our amazing guests, like the one that's here with us today, and bring more fairness and justice to our communities, uh, bringing some you know, sometimes yucky topics come to light, but sometimes things that we ha need to hear uh, and we need to discuss because not that many people are discussing it out there. Mm -hmm. So, speaking of which, we are going to talk about a very important and sometimes a little uncomfortable topic, right? An intimate. Everyone. And it's... Mostly geared to you guys, the Latinas out there, who are letting your husbands or your partners let uh, handle the finances, right? Ha! Yes. I feel attacked. Um, <laughs> so we are going to discuss this many aspects with our awesome guest, Lucia Caldera. Thank you for coming. Welcome. Thank you, Thank you so much here. for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! So Lucia is a writer who special, specializes in personal finance, and her goal is to create approachable content that sparks financial wellness and unlocks personal growth. Yes! And Lucia's work refers, reflects her passion for financial education as the key to reducing the wealth gap for women and minorities. And this is exactly why you're here today. Yay. So Welcome. perfect. Bienvenida. Bienvenida. Vamos a chancletear. Let's do it. Yes. So I have to confess to you, both of you, that my husband is the one that handles the finances in our house. And this is why this topic was so important for me to bring to light because I don't think that I'm the only one. Uh, yeah, I have to confess that I am the one who manages my finances, and I don't think I could let go of my wallet. I'd be like, every time my husband's like, I can help, and I was like, no, I'll manage it. Thank you. <laughs> I, I mean, the thing is, like, I don't even offer to help. I'm just like, all right, well, you got it. That's great. Don't have to deal with it. And um, I mean, something. Yeah, we have like this, like, say my annual meetings or like. <laughs> You know, in which we're, I'm, I'm like, okay, show me the money. You know, where are we at? He's got all these like dashboards and things. And I'm like, okay, great. Doing good. Um, but, you know, it was like, for example, the first time that we, you know, we, we do, we bought a place that when we bought our first house, I was terrified. And I was like, I don't want to buy a house. I am, I'm terrified to go into debt. And he was like, 
no but look we have like we can do this and we like blah blah he showed me an excel and blah blah and then i was like oh okay so it's like i I, i'm like i feel absolutely embarrassed at like how little i um i look at the finances of our you know for a house and 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 also how little i know about personal finance you know and building wealth and like you know my husband is like a finance dude so i'm like well you well, you do the thing i, I have other <laughs> i have you. other skills <laughs> yeah i have other skills that you don't have and i will do them and then you have this other. but i just don't think that it that should work that way like a financial knowledge should be something that everyone has it's not like a skill that some people have it's like it's so essential and so i will i will stop that my rant there well, I have to confess that when my husband and I first got married, it was very similar to your situation. I was the financial expert and he just didn't really have anything to do with it. And um, I think a lot of people start one way or another. And eventually when things go wrong, you kind of find how you're each other, like your better half somewhere in the middle, right? Because somebody is about to make a mistake someone's bound to mess up someone's bound to like make a decision without asking the other person if they're the only ones in control and so when those things start to happen i think i think most couples finally like sit down and talk about it and find the right in between for them um which is not necessarily going to be the same for everybody else you know maybe maybe in your case club if your husband is a financial expert then he might be you know he might have some better tools to be the one who kind of leads the way but maybe you should be more involved on a day-to-day basis as well yeah i mean absolutely i keep thinking like hey what if something happens to him like what am i gonna do like you know do, you're can telling I keep me he didn't send you off <laughs> No, it's just, it it's, not about being, it's not about <laughs> being set up, but it's like, can I keep doing that? Can I keep our investments going? Can we, can I keep like, can I keep myself afloat? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, it, there's a lot of things that, you know, feel kind of scary. And, you know, it's, I, I, it was the same thing with my mom. My mom is the same way. And I, you know, and I feel like, you know, a lot of Latinos and Latinas, it's sort of like, they're mirroring what they grew up with it's like usually the dad was the one that like worked and brought the you know the money and so he was the one that made the money decisions and he was the one that handled the finances and then the mom was like basically asking for money to like go and do things and and you know and she was a little aloof about the the whole thing so you know i definitely grew up with that kind of environment in which like my dad was the one that was you know the one that handled the finances and and so you know it was um in in between you know that the growing up and the fact that you know financial uh knowledge is not really taught in schools you know i I grew up just, I, I wasn't really interested on it, so I, I didn't really take on any interest in learning it. So that's, that's a, I feel like many people could be in this situation. I feel like that's part of the problem because not everybody learns much of it at school. Um, then one of the people in the relationship feels like they know a little bit more and the other one is insecure. I think insecurity has a lot to do with it um, and just fear, you know when I think that 
this topic is as much about money as it is about emotions. And so if you find yourself in that type of situation or that type of relationship, then it's really important to kind of assess your emotions and, and think what is causing you to not take a step in the right direction. Because if you know, which I think you do, right? Or like Ceci, if, if your partner knows that they're not really involved, why are they not wanting to be involved? I think that's the, the first question that you have to ask yourself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I hear I a lot of people just saying, "Oh, I'm just not good at math." So, I I think for me, um, more than just being like the skills of actually, well, I don't feel like math or like. You mentioned emotion and you know like knowledge, but I also think about power a lot, especially um, because even just thinking about Clem, what you're reflecting about family histories or traditional upbringings or cultural setups of how families are you know who controls the money or who earns the money and mm -hmm. what is work that is paid and who you know who you know because women's work in the house even if you are not working outside has a value right you contribute to the wealth of the household you Absolutely. are allowing your partner to to participate in that sphere that produces income by taking care of children, by cooking the food, by cleaning the house, all that has a cost. If you are work, if both of you are working, you have to pay for those things to be done. Mm -hmm. to, Absolutely. If, or, or you have to do them too. So there is that sharing. And I also think for a long time, I remember this very clear. I went to an all-girls school, Catholic in Guatemala, and I had a, a class and I remember this professor, which I always thought it was very strange because it was a non-school. And I remember saying, señoritas, you know, marriage is a socioeconomic agreement and those, the one that earns the money has the power. And I just thought it was always very clear. Like, I thought it was like, it is stuck with me. Like that happened to me in high school. Wow. And, and it never left me because it was, first of all, very you modern know, nonsense. people would have not thought <laughs> that that would have thought in like that. But like, also as you know, we were preparing and it doesn't only happen in partnerships that are between men and women but it can happen in partnerships that are between two women mm -hmm. or other non-gender folks so for me we don't talk about it you know i grew up like discussing money was not something that was not a topic you you don't disclose your income you don't share it so why why you share it i've also seen a lot of younger couples if there is a disparity of how much they're making as they get together, they don't talk to one another about how much they're making so that you don't know what your partner is bringing to the relationship or to the mm. partnership. And and I think so. I think a lot about power when it comes to money to, for me. I have to it's say very much. I have to say I'm not in total disagreement with what this nurse, this nun told you. I do think that marriage is in a way, uh, I wouldn't call it an agreement, but it is a, a socioeconomic partnership, right? And that's how you need to go into it. And I don't think anybody ever tells us before we get married or we move in with a partner. Nobody tells us that you need to have these super transparent conversations with your partner about money, like how much money do you make how much debt do you have what are your goals where do you want to go you know none of these things i went into marriage not talking about any of these things um i did have student debt and my husband or you know boyfriend at the time didn't know that but that was that we didn't talk about things like 
well, what interest rate are you paying? Is it does it make sense to tackle this first or this one afterwards? What are we going to do to get you out of this situation? Because now we're both in the situation. So yeah. um, I do think that it is a socioeconomic partnership and that's why we should approach it. So before you get married, before you move in with somebody, you do really have to have those conversations. And I've, I've heard of a lot of people, a lot, a lot of couples that actually do financial therapy now before getting married, you know, and, yeah. and I kind of wish, you know, I had done it. It would have saved a lot of heartache, a lot of like that initial power struggle that you have when you get married or move in with somebody anyway over you know a million other things if you have one less maybe the chances of you succeeding in that relationship would be much higher if you don't you know if money is something that you're both on the same page about yeah but it's so uncomfortable for not just latinos everyone to talk about money um it's it's something that it, it, you know even some parents tell their kids like you don't talk about money it, it's like a thing that I don't know it's like a taboo subject and I don't know why why is that is, is it is it about like that assesses your value as a person like classifies you that gives you like an status or like if you're making X amount then you are worth this or if you make less than X you are not as worthy is that where I think partially for sure. I think it's also like a, like all these virtues that we think that we have to have. So if you don't care about money, then you're more, you know, you're like morally better than somebody who cares and talks about money all the time, which is absolutely mm. not true. I think money needs to be in the conversation. That's a very, that's a very Catholic thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very Catholic, like, oh, greed. Talk about money, then you're a greedy person. You're like, interesado. Interesados. Or like gold digger or whatever. <laughs> and then and then when it comes to women in a relationship and you know, if you're trying to be that like righteous person, then a lot of times what ends up happening is also, well, I don't want to spend money on myself because I have my family and I have my kids and you know, they should come first. And that's another reason I think why a lot of times we just tend to avoid those conversations. Um, or you know, let somebody else handle the money because that way I, I I'm not the one who's like trying to be stingy about money or that sort of thing. I mean, when it comes to Latinas here in the U.S., many of them are the breadwinners. They're the ones mm-hmm. sustaining a household. family. Yeah, they're, they're the ones, uh, you know, taking care of parents or or you know brothers and sisters. And sometimes, and I've seen this, they just like take the paycheck and give it to somebody else in the family and they're the ones that take care of the finances so these women are not even aware of what is being done with the money that they bring to their house which is alarming (laughs) to say the least it's alarming to say the least Um, but also it's very disempowering to these women because they're just basically like an ATM you know they're not like actually being valued for like what they're doing with their family so or Or they're not valuing themselves or having a say of what they want to do with what they want the fruits of their labor to become you know if you're if you're bringing in money or even if you're not bringing in money like Ceci said you're contributing for somebody else to bring in money and that has a value in and of itself but I think a lot of times it's um it's just fear 
of maybe like fear of not having much of a financial education so you don't know what to do with it so you let somebody else handle it or it's um or it's kind of like a self-worth issue that's why i say it's this is very emotional more than it is about the math like you know when people say i'm not good at math it, it's really very basic math but it's that's it's a way it's an excuse to avoid it when you say oh i'm just not good at math yeah. i don't know what to do yeah so i mean i read this it. book i read this book called burnout and it's about women like why women are burned out and um it talked about this like human giver syndrome which is like something that we women suffer from which is like we're gonna put others before us it's like what society has expected of us for centuries basically uh and so it's like it's very much like we even feel ashamed if we put ourselves first because we were expected to not not do that so it's like even if we're bringing the money then we're not gonna do anything for us or 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 it, i mean and i'm not talking about like i'm gonna buy a rolex mm -hmm. it's like i'm gonna plan for my retirement and and you know as, as you and as and and i also feel like a lot of women not just here in the united states a lot of latin american women in the in, back home or in our own home countries even with the small resources are great administrators like they manage the finances they are the ones who like even if a spouse is the one who says hey here's the el gasto de la semana like what you're you know the, if someone can stretch a dollar or a quetzal or a peso like those are those people who like run those households right so like it's a, it's a little bit of contradiction that we will not want to be involved and I think for me I think a lot has to do with the jobs available for women to do historically has a lot to do with the roles in which certain groups of women are seen like women of color have been in domestic or low wage or you know farm work or other works like we know from other conversations Clem you and I have had like Latinas with bachelors in the United States earn the least amount have the biggest wealth gap so even yeah. with a degree certain groups are earning less for similar types of roles. So like, I wonder if it is, I think it also puts you with vulnerability when when you have to acknowledge to a partner that, hey, you make more than me, and these are the expenses of the house. How about we made a, we contribute a percentage of the electric bill. We both pay 20% of our income to the, like, whatever. Like, you know, I happen to, mm -hmm be in partnership with someone who we both have a pool and from there we take to our individual savings but that's not where we started because you were saying Lucia at some point things when we're in sideways and you're like now we have to change directions but like we always pulled because when we when we started our relationship we were very young and we earned very little so the only way we could pay for all the things in our first apartment was to pull resources we do it with roommates all the time and sometimes i've seen people have more transparent conversations about money with roommates than they can do when they move in together with a partner romantically well i, 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 I feel like it could be a fear like a fear of you know having this person change the point of view about you 
or fear of like the relationship changing. Like a roommate is someone that is like, okay, well, you don't get along with them, you'll move out. But it's like if you're romantically involved with someone, it's like it's this fear of like, oh, you know, if we have. And the thing is, like, I feel like most of the big discussions that relationships have are about money. Like the the big ones, you know, the ones that cause divorce and the co- the the ones that really cause like big shifts in a relationship are money, are money conversations. So it's like, you know, people are really scared of their relationship really being affected by that. What do you think, Lucia? It, it could also be a fear of you taking personal responsibility for your money, right? Because a lot of times it's just easier to hand it over to somebody else, and so I'm not. I don't have to make the tough decisions, but um, if I do, then I have to learn more. I have to set my emotions aside so that I can make the smartest decisions. I have to, you know, accept that I'm going to make a mistake and that's okay. And then I'll, you know, I'll fix it later on or I'll overspend today, but, you know, I'll learn my lesson. So I think it's as much about fear of being vulnerable with your partner as as it is about fear of being vulnerable with yourself and accepting, you know, where you are. A lot of times also women, people, I shouldn't, that's not true, that's not right. A lot of times people don't want to see where they are financially. They don't want to know how much debt they're in, if they're in debt. They don't want to know how far they are from buying that dream home that they hope to get one day. Or, you know, if you have kids, they don't want to know how much sending them to college is really going to cost and ask the difficult questions of, can I really afford this? Or is this just like a dream? Should maybe like, should my child um, consider start saving on their own, getting a job, all these things that we just prefer to ignore because if we ignore them, then they're not real and they're not happening until mm. one day, you know, maybe your partner is not there and you are left in the dark and you don't even know where to start. So that's why it's mm. so very important to become involved as soon as possible um, because that way, you know, you are just You're aware, you know where you are, you know where you want to go. You know, if the other person wants to go to the same place where you want to go, they may have different goals and you have no idea because you haven't talked about it. Um, so, you know, the, yeah. the sooner that you start learning, ideally before even moving in together, but you know, if not, it's never too late. Just wherever you are now, just sitting down and looking at the hard numbers and deciding together what you want out of your future the more in control that you're going to be it's tough and yeah it's tough but then it's very empowering it's super super empowering and then people it kind of like you get hooked on it and every week you want to go and you want to go back and see how much you spent and how much you saved and how much you put towards this so it can be very exciting if you let it be very exciting for you yeah I mean, it's so important, you know, to express, like, I know that, like, us, you know, in a relationship, you kind of dream, you know, like, you have these dreams, and it's, like, it's beautiful to talk about them, you know, many people, you know, they want to have kids, or they want to retire somewhere, or they want to, you know, buy a house for their parents, or, you know, like, many things or like cancel their brother's university debt like I don't know it's just like so I, this is like from my own experience so many dreams that 
I know the people that I, I know and people that I've, I've talked to have. And then it's so important to bring that down into reality and be like, okay, well, how do we do that? How do we get to take my parents on a cruise for their birthday? Uh, you know, whatever. And it's kind of like, you know, it's from small things to like, can we afford a second child? You know, like these kind of things, like bring them down from the dreamland into the real world and say, okay, let's see, can we actually do that? And like, you know, you know, think about like how much money you're going to be like, how much money do you need to save every month to get to that? It's, it's just, it's, uh, it's so important to really translate these goals into reality, but it's also really important for women and us Latinas to speak out and say, these are my goals. You know, these are my dreams. Let's let's see how we can make them. We can bring them down and into reality. I just, just want to say something like even not just dreams. I think I'm worried. Like, I think most of the average person is concerned about paying their basic bills, rent, food, electricity, like forget about like paying someone else's debt or taking a vacation with parents or retirement. Like retirement is really not in the radar of a lot of young people or young generations we don't have a lot of pensions like the systems have changed mm -hmm. I think a lot of the average worker is just thinking how do I pay my bills in a way that doesn't feel like I am paycheck to paycheck mm -hmm. exactly and if you have these conversations you know that you're both on the same page and you you know you establish your priorities and and you make whatever your goals are they could be small they could be huge they could be huge for me but small for you right it doesn't matter it's all relevance but whatever yeah. those goals are honestly they're not going to happen unless you make them happen they can happen in your mind but if you really want to make them a reality you have to like sit down and make them happen and so it could be your monthly budgeting i want to for example pay off my credit card this month And how am I going to do this? This is how much money I have coming in. This is how much other things we have to pay. Do Can I really afford it? Or am I going to disappoint myself at the end of the month and not be able to pay off my credit card? And then it's kind of like in, you're sabotaging yourself, right? So then you, you go back to this place where you're like, oh, I didn't pay it off. I just, I can't, you know, it's not a reality for me. And then you start giving up those goals. Um, same thing with like, buying a home if you want to make it happen you really need to know what it takes to make it happen and that's why I say that it's it's also a responsibility issue and a lot of times we just want to ignore the the process of getting there because then you're not responsible if your dreams don't happen mm -hmm. but if you are and you make them happy I mean you make them happen it's unbelievable mm -hmm. and again so those some dreams Those dreams don't have to be something huge, you know. I want to keep it like in perspective. Those dreams can be something as small as, as like I said, paying off your credit card, buying a second car. It's it's all relevant to every person. Then, <coughs> what are some of like the initial steps that you? Yeah. So how do we go from like I don't know anything? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 my partner is the one doing all the excels uh, to like you know how do we get started from that 
it's a lot easier than you think. There are so many resources out there. Um, I think for me, like I, I, I keep saying this, but, but it's because it's really true. This is such an emotional thing. And so for me, one of the most valuable tools for whatever it is you want to do in life is journaling. So I think that if somebody is really um, struggling with the emotional side of money, journaling can be a super, super powerful way to overcome those fears. And, and when I talk to people about journaling, they're always like, how do I start? Where do I, you know, what do I do? You can't do it wrong. You can't, first of all. Um, but my go-to is you start with gratitude. And so you write down three things that you're grateful for every morning. And if you're keeping this financially focused, um, you can be grateful for, you know, having money in the bank today. Uh, grateful for, um, you know, being able to go to the grocery store later today to buy food for my family. And I'm grateful for the paycheck that I know I will get at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. uh, so you start with three things that you're grateful for. And then you write something that you want to brag about. Because so many times we are taught not to brag. But if you brag, like I said, going back to those, like that feeling of empowerment, if you brag about your accomplishments to yourself every day, you find that they actually start coming up in conversation with other people. And then you start to believe it as well. So, you know, like my brag would be, um, I paid off my electric bill today and I'm really proud of this because last month I struggled to pay the bill and this month I had the money in the bank and I paid it two weeks ahead of time. Great. And then, um, so you do your gratitude, your brag, and then I do my goal for the day. And you can have, you know, a couple of goals or, or one big goal for the day. So maybe your goal for the day is to not buy Starbucks because you know that, you know, it's an extra $7 every month. Or to treat yourself to Starbucks that day because you were very good about, you know, keeping within your budget and so you deserve that treat and that's gonna help you celebrate your your financial wins. Mm -hmm. So those are the three things that I think should go in your financial journal every day. And you'll see along, you know, a few months, you'll start to notice different a different attitude towards money. I think that's where it starts. Um, if you're if you're wanting to learn more about money and you want to learn more about how it works and how to manage your money, I would recommend going to TikTok. There's this they call it FinTalk now, and there are so many influencers out there, a lot of young ones actually, talking about money, talking about like financial planning and retirement and setting your goals and all these things that you would think belong in like a big economics book and it's boring but it's not anymore and they keep it super entertaining um instagram is also another great resource where you can go and you just follow influencers who will always be giving you tips and motivation um and then if you want to learn more of course the internet is so full of information you can learn whatever you want out there um but just take it little by little you know um because it can be overwhelming and i understand that and so the first place I think where people would want to start is with their budget. It's it's the foundation of everything that's related to money. And so you stick to your budget, you sit down with your partner, you decide how you're going to spend your money, what you're going to do, how much you want to save, how much you want to save towards this goal and another one. And, you know, what's the best way to allocate your resources it could be pooling your money for other people it's more of like a percentage you know other people feel like it's fair if you win if you earn more money than i do then maybe you should be helping proportionately 
to the household expenses, whatever works for, for the two of you. You know, some people are okay with one person being the breadwinner and the other one staying at home. And that's totally fine, but it doesn't mean that the person who stays at home doesn't have a say in what you know you do with the money. So, oh, yeah, we need to put a pin on that, everyone. Please put a mental pin on this. So, budgeting. If you're staying home, taking care of the kids, you're just as important as the one going out to work. Yeah. And, and you get to make as many decisions as the other person does. And Please. you are saving your family so much money by, you know, driving kids around places, cooking the meals at home so you don't have to buy food like at restaurants. Um, so your partner doesn't have to buy lunch. You make them lunch to go to all these things have so much value. And so really the budget is the foundation of everything and just start there. And then little by little, you'll find that you're more interested and you might want to, you know, start investing Um, start looking into the future, start learning more about the different ways to invest, maybe like real estate, maybe the stock market, whatever is appropriate for you. So yeah, th that would be my advice. This is really good stuff. And I want to kind of like insert a little bit more on like all the things that you said, like for example, journaling, I found that writing, like physically writing with my hand on a notebook is so much better than writing. I used to journal on a computer and it's just such a different thing when you're actually writing it down. And um, and I love what you said about the brags because like I'm guilty of sometimes even like, you know, if, if, I, if I need to come up with something like an achievement that I did, I'm like, uh, I can't remember or I don't know, probably nothing. Uh. And... Actually, you know, having a journal in which maybe you have like a little section in the back and you start like putting in like all the little achievements that you have done that year and then you go back and read it, you know, when you're feeling down and then you go back and read that then you're like, yeah, I did all that stuff. And, and then you immediately, that's an immediate mood booster. And, and, and also having this archive, this mental archive of like look at all the things that you achieve whenever you come up to a difficult challenge you can say you know what I got this because you know what I've done all these other things so it's it's like really extremely powerful and I'm guilty of not doing it but it is extremely powerful it is it is you yeah. know going back to the whole bragging thing how about when those moments when somebody gives you a compliment and you're like brush it off or you make it sound like it's less important this really that practice of just bragging all of your accomplishments to yourself in a journal just helps you when somebody says something great about you you can just be like thank you thank you for noticing you know and so yeah, yeah I love that because like I you know we we are so guilty of doing that oh yeah you know it was nothing no it wasn't nothing You work your butt off <laughs> and you got there. Like, come on, say, yeah, I did that. And, you know, I was going to say also, I think that in that kind of like vein of bragging, but also recognizing that paying yourself or like being being committed to your savings should be like another bill. Like even if it's five dollars a week or a month or like an amount, make it and make it out of the docks and 
make it part of your budget and don't cheat on it. Like you will not avoid another bill. Don't avoid paying yourself and into your savings. I forgot to mention this when I was talking about resources, but now also there are so many ways to automate your savings and to put your money, you know, depending on what app you want to use or whatever, you know, whatever you have, whatever method works for you. But um, there are ways to put money in different envelopes and categories. And so there's a lot that you can do that you don't actually do yourself. You don't have to get over that mental block of, um, oh, I don't know if I can really save this month because I have this and that. It just happens. It just gets done. And then you don't even realize it. And there is enough money a lot of times. If you did your planning you know, well first, there is enough money to go around for the things that you really care about, the things that you truly you know, want to make happen. And so by automating, you don't have to bring in the emotions into it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't need a fancy spreadsheet to come up with a budget, right? What, what do you do if you don't have Excel or In, Google Sheets or whatever? What do you do? It depends on what you want to do. Some people love to just do it by hand. Just write it out. You know, this is the amount of money that I'm going to get on my, in my check. And this is how much I want to spend it on. Here, this, 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 and, and I'm done. Other people like to do it in Excel because, you know, it just like feels more organized or or whatever it may be. You can go back you and adjust it. You can go back, it. yeah. You can go back and adjust it more easily. And by the way, also your budget is a living, breathing document. So it changes and there's room to change it around every month. And that's okay. It should be changing every month. Um, so yeah, some people like to do it in Excel. Other people prefer not to think about it and just use an app like Mint or uh, You Need a Budget is one of my favorites. I love that app. Um, but yeah, so some people prefer to use that and or like just go to their bank and automate several you know transactions type of thing to go to a different account. Whatever works for you is the way to go, honestly. Yeah, I mean, what I'd love to see, um, you know, I think there has to be not just, you know, the people taking their own initiative, but I feel also like on a greater level, you know, more financial education needs to happen, especially in schools. You know, what is so complicated about teaching kids to balance a budget, to create a budget, you know, for future things? Nothing like I, I don't I don't know. It's like such simple things and you know Lucia you you have kids and you're telling me that like, you know it's not taught in schools still like it's it wasn't not, taught in schools when I was going to school it's still not taught in schools taxes are another huge one for me that kids don't ever learn about in school and then they go out into the real world even like they go through college they know nothing about it then they go out to the real world and it's it's challenging either to see a huge chunk of your paycheck just like disappear disappear and or now so many people are you know freelancers and they work independently and then at the end of the year they find themselves with a huge tax bill that they had no idea was gonna hit them and they mm. don't know how to tackle it and then it's no because yeah, they spend the money mm -hmm. they spend the money that came to them and then how are you gonna pay for the tax so yeah it's it's so essential in in this i, I don't know there's there's it it 
I am I am at a loss for words here. <laughs> Please, school school committee, whoever is like out there, if anybody's listening that like is close to any like school related things, please like bring it up. It's, it's yeah. really important, and like our kids depend on it, and the the future generation depends on it. You know, it's uh, you're you're complaining about people living off of whatever. Well, teach the kids how to balance their budget. <laughs> but well, but I think that 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 should become should become a home. Like yes, a school should help teach it. But that initial conversation about how to manage your money should begin at home. It yeah. should not be passed along. Exactly, I agree. But you know, maybe the parents are not super knowledgeable. So you know, no, it's, you know, you need to like put the put the little seed in the kids' minds of like, hey, this is important. And and then maybe then they can create their own curiosity to go out and search for more information. Which brings me to the second point, which is there's not that much you know financial education out there in different languages and you know that means that you know some people are being left out of like tax information or um or like how to apply to a, for a loan for a mortgage you know you know things are super basic um people are being kind of left out because they don't understand the language um in which yeah. the information is in yes um, yes that is a big big issue um And again, honestly, I would I would say one of the best resources these days is just social media, because if if schools are not teaching it, if the government is not making it happen, if the big financial institutions don't care enough about our communities to actually, you know, target them in their own language. These days, it's okay because there's so much out there that you can go and look for it yourself and you can can learn and you can change your financial future. It's tough, yes, it takes a lot of work and effort and sacrifice, yes, but it's worth it. Yeah, and and I think the, the first step really is like recognizing, hey, I don't know much about this and being okay with it. There's no shame in it. And also it's okay to ask for help about it. It's okay yeah. to reach out to your husband, partner, parents, friends, your friend that works in a bank or whatever, <laughs> you know, or, or like your friend that's an accountant or whatever, and be like, hey, can we like sit down for a few hours and can you explain this to me? Like, I'll take you out for lunch, <laughs> whatever, or like just out of the goodness of your heart. I'm sure that there's, you know, there's, a, there's resources out there if you look for them, But the first step is to sort of admit it. Be like, hello, I help. am Clemencia Herrera and I don't know anything about finances. <laughs> A lot of like libraries and and yeah. schools also have resources, community resources, to have nonprofits. There's so much out there that, you know, if, if you are... Um, interested, there are mentors or, you know, maybe like retired individuals a lot of time who have the time and the availability to meet with you and help you. If you're starting your own business, for example, there there are community resources that will gladly... Yeah. The Chamber of Commerce has a lot of information for uh, yeah. starting a business, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. for women, I think that there are 
a lot of um, a lot of nonprofits that are dedicated to helping women. I can't really think of any off the top of my head right now, unfortunately. But there are a lot I think that will um, that work toward women's financial empowerment and where you, you where you can find mentorship and you know those role models that maybe a lot of times we just don't have in our lives for one reason or another. If anyone is listening that's related to any nonprofits, please let us know about it. You know, DM us and we'll 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 share on our social media. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Because this is really important stuff. Very important stuff. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, that was a lot, but <laughs> but yeah, the time just flew. But um, but yeah, that was that was really interesting and um, very enlightened. Thank you so much, Lucia. This was super super helpful. Thank yes. you so much for having me. Can I just say one last thing that I forgot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was talking about resources and a lot of times people think that to start investing you need a lot of money, but it's actually not true. So many apps out there today where you can start with very little money. You can use robo advisors if you can't find, like if you can't hire a financial advisor to help you invest. Robo robo advisors are much more affordable and you know, little by little you start growing your money and then maybe eventually you you get to a point where you can hire a financial advisor to you know create a more structured plan for you but i didn't want to forget that because i know a lot of times our automatic negative thoughts are like oh i don't have enough money i can't do these things so mm. that's my last bit <laughs> yes. no that, that was very yeah. important well thank you very much for for all that insight thank you guys so much for having me it was a pleasure yeah i mean There is so much, like you said, so much emotion tied up into this. It's not just investing 101. I mean, like you, like we just said, there's so many resources out there about investing 101. It's actually, that's the second step. The first step is budget. I need to do this myself. I need to learn more. Mm-hmm. And I, I am worth it. I am worth it enough that I will find out more about this. I will make my goals a reality because I'm going to work on the actual like nitty gritty of it. And also I'm worth it enough to know more. So that's the first step and recognizing that it's okay at whatever age, income level, it's never too little. It's never too late. It's uh, it's it's important girls out there latinas my peeps let's do this yes and i i mean i i I'll, i'm gonna keep myself accountable i'm gonna let you guys know that i'm gonna do it too <laughs> and um and I'll, i'll let you know how it goes i have to say there is nothing better than being debt free and to be to feel like it's not something you have to worry about when there's so many other things that you can spend your time doing so it's mm-hmm. uh it's, it's for peace of mind Yeah, yeah. For peace of mind. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lucia. And um, we, we, if we find more resources, we'll definitely share them on our social media, which is at Chancleta Generation. And we're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We'll share all that stuff out there. And if you like this podcast and any of the other ones... Let us know. Give us a review. Share it with your friends. If you have a Latina out there that like 
el guante le cabía, you know, in what you just heard. <laughs> If the glove fits for you or for someone you know, send the podcast to them. You know, if you hear them going, I don't know, I'm just not good at math, send them the episode. <laughs> and uh, yes. and I will talk. And let me know how it goes. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank Thanks you both again. very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Bye. Adios, mi Clem. Nos vemos pronto. Chao, chao.